Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, another week, another podcast. This episode, which is episode six, was in fact the first episode made back in January some five months ago. What I set out to do at the start of this project was to tell this story through the eyes of the world through the experiences of ordinary people. And for me, Johnny's story is a powerful and in many ways an an exceptional one, which is the strength of its testimony. So I hope you enjoy Johnny's unique story of growing up in the 1970s. Please follow us on Twitter, where we are twitter.com forward slash howjamaica. Also, you can follow us on Facebook, where we are facebook.com forward slash howjamaica. Anyone who sends us a message on either platform saying that they follow the podcast will receive an exclusive mix. So there's incentive enough for you. And don't forget, there is the website, howjamaicaconquertheworld.com, where you can find out more information on the characters behind the series. How Jamaica Conquered the World is officially endorsed by Jamaica 50. This is the story of how one small island conquered the world. Jamaican And a fair start, a Safa pound. Usain Bolt is also out well. Here they come down the track. Usain Bolt! It's a story of music, sport and style. How its rhythms, athletes and language went global. Pull up, pull up! This is how Jamaica conquered the world. As the 70s began, Britain's Jamaican population started to leave its mark in wider British culture. The 70s saw the rise of far-right racist parties like the National Front, but it also saw the start of a new, multicultural Britain that came alive on its streets. Okay, my name's John Behetz. I'm from Essex in England. I'm 49 years old tomorrow, and I'm a photographer. Get up in the morning, slaving for bread, sir. My, my parents were war generation, because they were quite old when I was born. As I got older, uh, more and more uh, black people and Asian people were moving in, which was, for some people was a problem. In this country, in 15 or 20 years' time, the black man will have the whip hand over the white man. We got a knock on the door once in a chat saying, um, I answered the door and it says, is your father in? I said yes, yes, and my father came to the door and he said, uh, "Sir, um, we've got a, we've got a problem. We've got, a, I've got a um, petition here because we have another black family living in the street uh, who's going to be moving in in the street, and we want to sign a petition because we've had enough of this sort of thing, you know." And uh, my dad was, he didn't, he wasn't violent, he wasn't angry, he wasn't. He just slowly just closed the door, clicked it shut, walked away, and I always remember um, 
he sat back down in the front room and looked at his newspaper and then he looked over the top of his newspaper and he sort of said to me, look, you know what, son, after the Second World War, this country was a mess. It was a complete mess. And we asked Jamaicans and West Indians to come over here and help us rebuild the country. And he sort of pointed at me, that makes him as much part of this country as you are, son. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, what's he got to do with me? You know? um, but then he'd make a joke, he'd say, anyway, you know, black people invented jazz and they love cricket, what's the problem? So he would make a light of it, but in the same way, made me think very clearly. You know, and the, the message that he gave to me, you know, was, was quite strong. No matter what the people say, these sounds lead the way. It's the order of the day from your boss, DJ, I can stand. When I had, a, I had a couple of black mates um, that I was really close to, and of course when you're a kid, these things don't matter. You know, racism is kind of, it's kind of learned. As I got older, there was a particular guy who was a friend of mine, one, uh, Johnny Fenton, who was um, one of my best mates. I don't know. There was some. There was always something about him. I can't, you know, the way the way he. I mean, I wore jeans and a t-shirt, but somehow it just looked rubbish compared to the way he wore it. I don't know what it was. And all the other black kids, there was something about them. The way they they wore their stuff, the way they walked, and you wanted a part of that. I'm not. You didn't want to be black. He wasn't one of these, you know, these kids now who sort of walk around talking like that. And what you know, it's kind of embarrassing. You you just wanted a part of this gracefulness, if you like. You wanted to emulate that. And all the time in the background, there's, this, there's a kind of soundtrack. There's music going all the time. My brother was, was into all the American funk, you know, the, the P-funk and all that kind of stuff. But all the time going along in the background, there's this kind of the Trojan reggae thing. The first record I bought was Money in My Pocket. My first 12-inch, and I bought a 12-inch single. And I remember being really fed up because it was no longer than a 7-inch, but it was just louder, you know, because it was a DJ coffee. <laughs> and it was, yeah, is that Dennis Brown, isn't it? And that must have been, I would have been a bit older then. That would have been, I would have been about 12. Because my sister lived in West London, and she was about 12 years older than me. She took me to Dub Vendor in um, Labrook Grove. And I remember walking in there, and there were all these guys with dreadlocks. I mean, we just didn't have dreadlock people where I lived. You know, it was all Afros, you know. And I remember standing there, and they all looked massive. And, they, you know, they, and, and my, they were all looking at my sister, because she's, she's, she's quite cute. And, um, and I bought, I can't remember what record it was. I've still got it. This is when I, I must have been about 10 at this point. Um, and I walked out of the shop with his record, and then I came back, went back in again, and asked for the guy's autograph. And then I suppose later on, and just after that, then the punk thing came in, and I can remember pretty vacant from the Pistols. I remember being at my friend's house, and that for those first bits of pretty vacant, like dum 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 dum, and I remember thinking, yeah, this is our generation, this is our thing. Just that moment, and everything changed. But I still always liked all the reggae. But then The Clash started playing what was obviously reggae bass lines. And Paul Simon was, was the bass player, he was my hero, I always wanted to look like him, you know. And he dressed like, you could see, 
the influence of the, of the Jamaicans on him, the way he dressed, he was the coolest looking guy, you know. They started doing Jamaican, uh, you know, uh, reggae sound mixed with punk. You know, there was Armageddon time and, uh, and they did Police and Thieves, didn't they? And then, you know, it was, and Guns of Brixton was that reggae bass line. And... Plainclothes police out of a car behind her. Mrs. Thatcher out onto the, onto the doorstep. On the 4th of May, Margaret Thatcher was elected Prime Minister with a Commons majority of 43 seats. Where there is discord, may we bring harmony. Where there is error, may we bring truth. Where there is doubt, may we bring faith. And where there is despair, may we bring hope. More than a hundred white and coloured youths fought a pitched battle against the police. Some were as young as 12, the oldest no more than 20. After punk, of course, then the, um, the whole two-tone thing came in. For me, it was the first movement where it was all these kind of first-generation Jamaicans, West Indians and white people. And I loved that. I thought it was great. A bunch of young groups lit up the charts with a potent, homegrown mix of British and Jamaican music. They brought with them a look that combined black and white street styles. All this was going on, and of course, then they had the, the Brixton riots and everything, and that was, you know, that was a real, that, that changed everything. So it was quite an exciting time, and it was all, it was all black and white culture coming together. It was a very nice feeling, but also there was a kind of violent undertone going on as well. You had a bunch of sort of yobos from Camden doing ska music. Something different comes out of this. It's not pure ska, there's a, it's their own sound. And, and, this, and then you got the guys up in Coventry and the specials, and, and like I say, mixing it with punk. But it was just a, it was just, it was a real genuine kind of British stroke Jamaican sound. It was unique and it was fantastic. In 1979, reggae, once purely a Jamaican dance music, had become a staple of the British charts in the form of ska. The end of the decade also saw the slower, more melodic Lovers Rock, another UK take on Jamaican music. We will explore the world of the Blues Party, Danik Kay and Lovers next on How Jamaica Conquered the World. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.